Okay, we want to make this session practical for you and share with you why, why should you even take the time and the energy to set up a health ministry in your church. I mean, um, it's, it's a lot of work, isn't it? I mean, I've done it a few times, and I know, and many times, since 1969 and in our ministry. Uh, in fact, when we started our first church, we uh, were told that the church was dying. And they said, Pastor Finley, we need you and your wife to go there and put some energy into this church. The first church is dying. The second church, well, it's sort of you know, almost dead. And the th it's meeting in a morgue in, a, in, in the graveyard. <laughs> and the third church, well, that's the good church. So we thought, he thought, wow, I'm going to preach powerfully in this good church. And uh, then we'll you know, raise up the saints and we'll get the other dying churches going. And so he went to the church that after practicing his sermon, he asked me to go down in the basement and listen to his sermon and practice the sermon on me and then went to the church and the deacon was there, just the deacon. And he kept pacing the floor and he kept walking back and forth. And then he looked out the window and he finally said, Pastor, I sure hope someone shows up today. And that was the introduction to our first good church. And so we thought we need to go out in the highways and the byways and get some people. I didn't know how to do health programs, um, but the Lord kind of blessed in spite of all of our, our deficiencies. And so we began doing this and we have seen that God has blessed. In fact, uh, we were just in Australia just a little while ago and even the pastors said, Evangelism doesn't work anymore. Evangelism isn't going to work here. Australia is secular. I mean, let's look at it now. It's the most desirable city in the world to live in. If you take everything from sports, from culture, from education, from, from finances, from everything, it's the most desired place in the world to live. And yet I'm here to tell you that we went there and we trained our people in health ministry, not just you know, a health program, but how to have an entire church as a center. And I have to tell you that Mark preached opening meeting nine times. And one session was at nine o'clock at night. We could not close it down because there were too many young people coming. And we had a venue, three different venues, and people were just packing it out, and I just got word from someone that's here at this summit right now that just told me they're carrying on the work, and Johnny Wong's church in Australia is just booming, and they're doing this as a health center that we're going to share with you. So what are some key reasons for, to, for conducting an ongoing regular health ministry? Number one, health ministry provides a great opportunity for Seventh-day Adventists to impact a world who's open to the message. The world is open. We have, we have an opportunity. When I started that first cooking school in that first district in, um, in uh, Quinnebog, Connecticut, when we did that, it seemed like a, a vegan, vegetarian. I just went that way because I thought it was the way to go. And, uh, but people weren't open to that. Even the Adventist church wasn't open to that. And so, but the world is open today. 
and the popularity and effectiveness of wellness programs continue to rise. MetLife recently released their ninth annual study of employee benefit trends, and this is what they found. The survey found that health and wellness programs have become a mainstream, a mainstream staple for many organizations, and one that is producing results. So these companies want a health program. It's, it's on the rise. What were some of the leading three ones that they wanted? Weight management, tobacco cessation, and diabetes prevention. Two of those directly are connected to what? Connected to diet, to diet. And yet even smoking today, we used to be the head. We had the privilege of uh, actually interning under Pastor O.J. Mills, Phil Mills' dad, pa Dr. Mills' father. And we just started with all of these kinds of health programs and, and stop smoking. In those days, we would have four and 500 people coming out to our stop smoking plans. But today, we need to revive that again because we're almost the tail instead of the head the head, but what do people want? They want to know how to stop smoking. We just came back from China this week, Sunday night, we got back from China, and we got a report from what's happening in China, and although they can't openly uh, promote evangelism, religion, spiritual things, you know what they're doing? Health, health programs, exactly, and our churches are growing. We met one woman pastor who has six in her church. It's our largest Seventh-day Adventist church in the world in Shenyang, China, up by the North Korean border. Another woman pastor who has 20,000 members in her church. She has 400 churches. And they're, they're promoting this concept. And they're getting their ideas from from heaven, from the Bible and spirit of prophecy. Wellness programs have steadily increased over the past few years from 33% of companies offering them in 2008 to 45% offering them in 2010. And then growth in larger companies, over 500 employees, has also been increasing from 57% offering programs in 2008 to 71% in 2010. So these secular companies, and yet who has the answers? Who has the real answers? We as Seventh-day Adventists. You all are well aware of the National Geographic featuring Adventists in the cover story on Secrets of Living Longer with over 22 million copies printed worldwide. I mean, here we are in the National Geographics as one of the longest living civilizations, one of the longest living people in the world, Seventh-day Adventists, and uh, out of that study from Loma Linda, Openness to Health, New York Times bestseller, author Dan Buettner reveals the secrets of longevity and happiness. This was backed by research working with National Geographic, National Institutes on Aging and AARP, and they found parts of the world where people were living the longest and the healthiest and happiest lives. And they said our three-step process helps you to learn their secrets. I mean, they're printing this openly. I mean, this book, The Blue Zones, uh, is, is very prominent. And 
They're saying our three-step process helps you to learn their secrets, measure your own happiness or longevity, get the tools to help you change your lifestyle and environment to live the longest, best life you can. And so what an openness we have. The average American, they, they said in the Blue Zones, live an extra 12 years and, 40, and are 40% happier by optimizing their lifestyle and environment. So the world is open. Um, Bill Clinton, I want to play this little clip. You've probably seen it, but if you haven't, this is amazing. It's, it's, it's all over. Bill Clinton is, has just become a vegan vegetarian. Amen. What an opportunity, and we're seeing it all over the news, CNN. And People are asking, if Bill Clinton, former President Clinton, who was eating, I mean, enormous amounts of meat, they showed clips of him eating, you know, the, the McDonald's hamburgers and, and, and uh, what's that? While he's running. Yeah, while he's running. I mean, they're showing him eating all this fast food meat diet, and now he's gone to a vegetarian diet. I want to play this. The short answer is, I went on essentially a plant-based diet. I live on uh, uh, beans, legumes, vegetables, fruit. I drink a protein supplement every morning. I no dairy. I drink almond milk mixed in with fruit and a protein powder. So I get the protein for the day when I start the day out. And it changed my whole metabolism. And I lost 24 pounds and I got back to basically what I weighed in high school but I did it for a different reason but I mean I want to lose a little weight but I never dreamed this would happen I did it because after I had this stent put in I realized that even though it happens quite often that after you have bypasses you lose the veins because they're thinner and weaker than arteries the truth is that it clogged up which means that the cholesterol was still calling buildup in my vein that was part of my bypass. And thank God I could take the stents. I don't want it to happen again. So I did all this research and I saw that 82% of the people since 1986 who have gone on a plant-based, no dairy, no meat of any kind, no chicken, turkey. I eat very little fish. Once in a while I'll have a little fish. Not often. If you can do it, 82% of the people who've done that have begun to heal themselves. Their arterial blockage cleans up. The calcium deposit around their heart breaks up. This movement has been led by a doctor named Caldwell Esselstein at the Cleveland Clinic, Dean Ornish, whom you know, in California. The doctors Campbell, father and son, who wrote the China study, and a handful of others. But we now have 25 years of evidence. And so I thought, well, since I need to lose a little weight for Chelsea's wedding, I'll become part of this experiment. I'll see if I can be one of those that can have a self-clearing mechanism. We'll see. I hope you're healthy for many years and, and, and get to see grandchildren for many years. Me too. That's really the big deal. You know, uh, Hillary and I, uh, we're happy. We love our son-in-law and we admire him. But, and and we, we'd like to be around. If there's grandkids, we want to be there to do our part. Mr. President, good luck. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, when you think about it, who would think that uh, Bill Clinton, 
is going to, let's see, to uh, become a vegan vegetarian. And here is a wonderful statement to confirm all that's happening. Medical Ministry 239 says, it, medical missionary work, is the gospel practiced, the compassion of Christ revealed, and of this work there is a great need, and the world is open for it. So the world is open for it. Now is our opportunity. What are we waiting for? Now is the opportunity. God grant that the importance of medical missionary work shall be understood and that new fields may be immediately entered. Now I know that you are physicians, you are dentists, you are medical personnel, and you're already, I'm sure, doing this in your church. But I travel to many, many churches training in pre-evangelism. I train in health work. I train in Bible study work. And you know what I'm finding is that many of the churches aren't doing it. Many of them aren't doing it. But you know what I'm also finding? That the members want to be involved. They want to do it. And so I hope that we will inspire you to not only go and do it yourself, but the key is to train and equip the church members. And that's what we want to do here is to help you to uh, have some tools to train and equip some of these church members. So uh, Seventh-day Adventists should capitalize on the opportunity to organize health ministries in every church. We're told that every church should be a training school for Christian workers. And then she tells us exactly what we should do. And one of those is that we should have, we should have cooking schools. We should have uh, health classes. We should be having all this. And every city is to be entered by workers trained to do medical missionary work. You are a key, I know, to training our church members because they are ready, they want to be trained, they want to know how to do it. How can you train? What can we do? What are some practical things we can do? One thing that we're finding is that when we do have health programs, and we appreciate, uh, and we need the health programs that people are conducting, but what we're finding is that we don't have a sequence we don't have a whole strategy. We have a program. And what it seems to me that we need is a strategy. We need a process of evangelism, not a program. Because if we have a health program here and a health program there, and we're not bringing them over to give them uh, eternity, we're missing a great opportunity. In fact, someone said to me when I was doing cooking schools, I've now done them for, what, 30, 37 years, since 1969, and uh, someone said, you mean you have an ulterior motive in, in doing this cooking school? And I said, look, I would do it if people didn't, Jesus healed people even if they didn't accept him, so I would do that. But Jesus also said to the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again, right? But if you drink of the water that I'm going to give you, you're never going to thirst. And so, yes, we do have an ulterior motive. We want to introduce them to Jesus. So we have a whole sequence. So we need to train that the, uh, our people in how to do that. We start with usually a health expo. One of the reasons that that's such a good place to start is that you have all of the different eight different booths 
and people are coming into the Health Expo, you have a prime opportunity of now giving out your brochure for your stop smoking plan in your temperance booth. And now you can lead people because they th say, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I quit smoking, but I'm gaining weight. Now you can invite them to natural lifestyle cooking. Or they can come to the nutrition booth and you can then share with them the next nutrition class that you're having. You see, this needs to be ongoing because the church needs to be open. I share with my people in my Bible instructor training that the least economical building in the world is the church. Did you know that? Because it's only open once a week. We went around while we were in China and we said to them, we said, now look, pastors, we want to know. We want to know how often are your churches open? Because in our country, they're open once, maybe twice a week at, at the most. They were telling us they were open five, four days, five days, six days, seven days. They're, they're open almost all the time. That's why they're winning people. So you have a sequence of evangelism. Then a, that can lead to a stress management. That also can lead to a Bible study. We find that when we, people come to our seminars, we will have another seminar running concurrently on another night at the same time. And we'll often say to them, you know, we have other seminars running. We have one called Unsealing Daniel's Mysteries. And if you would like to join us in that class, be sure to uh, get one of the brochures from our hosts or hostesses, and people sign up right there. Mm -hmm. We threw out what we call throw out the bait, and we had some, uh, some sheets on how what people wanted for programs. And we put on their Bible studies. We said, well, let's just see if people would be interested. And some people told us, don't even add Bible study on the list. You know, we had, when, uh, would you like another stop smoking plan? Would you like another cooking school? Would you like a stress management, weight management, whatever? And we put on there Bible studies. We got the first time, like 20, 21, I think it was, 21 Bible studies. And so we have that running concurrently. And then CDs and DVDs. I can tell you they are making an impact. And when we have sequence evangelism, we just, as I said, got back from China. I couldn't believe it. They took these pastor, because these were done at Pastor Derek's church. They had the Discoveries 08, and a pastor from China introduced us to seven people who were just baptized and said, oh, I have to, I have to tell you they were baptized from Discoveries 08 DVDs. Well, they were so excited. They said, we're sharing these all over China. And they just baptized seven people. So you have an opportunity in sequence evangelism to do that and even conduct evangelistic meetings. So the world is open. Uh, Dave and Lavina illustrate this of multifaceted programs. Lavina came to my cooking school and Dave was not interested in religion. He was not interested in God. He lost his three-year-old son um, from, from some tragic um, death. 
and he said, I am not interested in God, I'm not interested in the Bible, but Lavina came to my cooking school. And then we introduced the Daniel. She happened to just say, I want to learn more about the book of Daniel. She started coming to the Daniel seminar, and then she started bringing literature home. He started picking it up occasionally, but then he noticed that we were going to have a stress seminar. And we had, he said, well, I have a lot of stress, so I guess I could at least go to that stress seminar. So he came to the stress seminar, and we gave out the little book, you know, Life at Its Best, Life at Its Best, which is Ministry of Healing. And he took it home, and Lavina said, but Dave, I thought you weren't interested in spiritual things. Why are you reading that? Well, if anything can help me with my stress, then I'll read it. And he said, I don't care if it has references to God, if it reduces my stress. And he started reading that little book. We then went to a revelation seminar, Revelation of Hope. We invited Dave, we invited Lavina, we invited people in our classes, and we'll share with you how we do that. But we invited them to the Revelation of Hope. They both came and were baptized. And so you see how a sequence, if you don't offer the Daniel, if you don't offer the Bible studies, if you don't offer the Revelation of Hope, or even the CDs, actually, um, to just back up on Dave's story a little bit, she started getting the CDs and the DVDs, and he started even watching them and watched them all and then said, I'm the ones at the beginning, and then I want to attend those meetings, and then started coming. So the DVDs and CDs have tremendous potential for you in working with your health programs. Sequence evangelism, my friends, really works. We teach our uh, lay members the narrow few principle. The narrower you reach out, the fewer converts you're going to have. If you have a few programs, then you'll have few results. But if you have a broad-based uh, center of influence in your church, then you'll have great results. And so we find that uh, we need to have a wide base. When the church conducts, conducts systematic and ongoing multifaceted programs to make a positive difference in the community, it becomes a center of influence. And so, if your church closed down tomorrow, would the community miss it? Sure would. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, would, would, would your church, if your church closed down, would the community, but someone would say, I, I have to have that church open. Don't close that church because on Monday night I go for a CHIP program. On Tuesday night I'm going for a stress management program. I'm going for a cooking school on another night and a family uh, uh, program or family health on another night. And so we need to have our churches open. The problem is is that the doors are locked and they're shut, they're not, they're not open. Testimonies, volume 762. We have come to a time when every member of the church should take hold of medical missionary work. The world is a laser house filled with victims of both physical and spiritual disease. Everywhere, people are perishing for a lack of a knowledge of the truths that have been committed to us. To who? To Seventh-day Adventists. You have the answer right in your hand. 
The members of the church are in need of an awakening that they may realize their responsibility to impart these truths. We need to impart these truths to a dying world. And you have the answer. We have the answers. I've seen it. I've seen people come to our health programs that have made a complete change in their lives. We've seen people who have been smoking. Even in our evangelistic meetings, we conduct health programs. And we conduct stop smoking. All the time coming in evangelism, we have people that are smoking. And when we present the health message at the end of that, we'll say, now, we would like to help those of you who would like to quit smoking. So if you would stay after class tonight, we're going to have a stop smoking program. And we bring them up, and it's amazing. We've even had some Adventists join that group because they have said, I've been smoking, and I didn't know how to get off. And so we have so much that we can offer. The church is to be a center of health and healing. Amen. The door of health is open now, and now it's time to open the door of the church. Amen. Now is the time to open the door of the church. The churches are locked up. They're, they're tight as a drum. You can't even get into the church if you go there during the week. And we should just open up these churches and have training seminars going on night after night after night. So uh, why have an active health ministry? One, because the door is open. Number two, health ministry reveals a compassionate, loving God in a broken world. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God wants to give us a more abundant life. Testimonies, volume 7, 25, page 25, they, the workers, are God's witnesses, revealing his compassion and love and ascribing all the glory to him whom they love and serve. So we need to, we need to introduce Jesus in a very non-threatening way in our programs. Share spiritual principles naturally in each program. In each program, three simple ways to integrate spiritual principles in health programs. The effectiveness of prayer and a blessing. I will never forget one of the first cooking schools I had. Joanne came and uh, she said to me, now you had a blessing. You had a prayer before eating the samples. We usually serve samples. We ha you had a prayer. Why did you do this? And I said, well, I didn't even know. I, you know, I, I said, well, I, I believe that we're People are three-dimensional beings. We're physical, mental, and spiritual. And, and as we um, you know, get our physical bodies in, in good condition, then we have our minds open to spiritual things. And she said, oh, do you give Bible studies? Oh, yeah, we give Bible studies. And we started studying with uh, Joanne. We then studied with her several months. And she said, my husband's a high school teacher in town. I wonder, could he join these studies? And we baptized Dave, we baptized Joanne from that one cooking school, from a mere blessing. And then they introduced us to his parents. We studied with them. They were both baptized. They introduced us to his sister and brother-in-law. We studied with them, and they were baptized. Simply because of that one little thing that we did in a health program. 
the power of spiritual illustrations and the importance of logical sequence programs. You offer something in your health that goes beyond the physical health into the spiritual health. Councils on Health, page 528 says, we should ever remember that the efficiency of the medical missionary work is in pointing sin-sick men and women to the man of Cal Calvary who taketh away the sin of the world. So we need to be pointing people to Jesus. By beholding him, they will become changed into his likeness. And the third reason is a tremendous reason for just having health programs. Health ministry is a God-ordained means of reducing suffering. We're living in a broken, suffering world, my friends. Medical missionary work brings to humanity the gospel of release from suffering. It is the pioneer work of the gospel. This famous old monastery situated on the side of a cliff uh, that overlooked the emerald blue waters of the Mediterranean uh, was there on that side of the cliff and a tourist wanted to visit this monastery. But there was one problem. The only way up was in this old wicker basket hoisted up by a rope. And so as the tourist got into the basket, he asked the monk just one question. And he said, how often do you change the rope? How often do you change the rope? Oh, he said, oh, don't worry. We change it every time it breaks. We change it every time it breaks. And you know what? People have broken health, my friends, and they want to change it. But you know what? They want to change it when it's often too late. Did you just hear the news um, uh, on um, um, the Apple person? Steve, 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 Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs. He said, I wish I could have changed my health. I wish I could have changed it. He, I, I wish I would have done something sooner. I wish I could have changed it. But it was too late. And so people have broken health. And a pill isn't going to do it. <laughs> uh, uh, we have the answer. Health ministry gives Seventh-day Adventists an opportunity to reduce disease in a broken world. Look, I know you know these statistics. You know these things. You're a health professional. Uh, I'm just a lay person. But I know that other lay per people in your church are anxious to get this kind of training and they want to know how to do it. But in North America and many European countries, 70% of all deaths are due to heart disease, it's the number one killer, stroke and cancer. And we can turn that around. Amen. Bill Clinton just gave a little uh, uh, introduction to what he was doing in his program on CNN. Heart disease is the number one killer in America. And according to the World Health Organization, a total of 17.1 million people worldwide die every year of heart problems. Every year. But many of them could be saved if better health prevention programs were in effect. We have, really, the key in our hands. We have the key. Cancer is the number two killer. And according to the World Health Organization, global cancer deaths are expected to reach seven million. That's now. But by, two th by 2030, 
there could be 75 million people with cancer worldwide. Cancer is growing. It is growing even among Seventh-day Adventists. On another program that I have for our lay people, I show how that cancer is growing among Seventh-day Adventists. And why? Because over 50% of them are meat eaters, mm -hmm. and we know that that increases cancer by 10 times. Ellen White says that. But then also they're exchanging, the ones who are becoming vegetarians are exchanging the meat for all the dairy, the milk, eggs, cheese, and sugar. And so cancer is on the rise. Yes. And then they're wondering, why are so many dying? It's because of our lifestyle habits. And we have an opportunity. And the world is open to it. I go into Whole Foods to get uh, sometimes food for my cooking schools, and they tell me they're vegan, they're plant-based diet vegetarians. They're vegan vegetarians. And so the world is open to it. In 1960, there was one in 20 women in North America who developed breast cancer. In 1980, one in 11. And now, one in seven women will develop breast cancer. It's on the rise. It's on the increase. And, and we have the answer. That's what's so amazing. Osteoporosis is a growing problem. 75 million people in Europe, US, and Japan are affected with osteoporosis. Why? Because it affects white, females, small-boned, and if you have any hereditary problems. And I can tell you, I'm even one of those that is prone to that and was sinking like this. And, and I have just followed the Lord's program of you know, my total plant-based diet and exercising now more vigorously and doing my weight bearing, and I just gained 10% bone mass. And they say it can't be done, I know, but it, I, I'm just living proof. And so I just had my uh, DEXA scan at, at Celebration Health, and, uh, and so it was wonderful. But it's on the increase, and osteoporosis is estimated to affect 200 million people worldwide. And yet we can help them by helping them to get on a good exercise weight-bearing program and help them to uh, get on to a good diet. Obesity problem. In many countries, over 56% are overweight or obese. I thought in Australia it was going to be different because when I went there, I had to uh, teach them how to begin some of these health programs. And I was amazed. It's the same thing there in Australia. Many people are obese. National Health and Examine survey said about one-third of U.S. adults, 33.8% are obese. 33.8%. They also said approximately 17% of the children and adolescents 2 to 19 are obese. And many are overweight. This was just in the obese category. And we well know that obesity increases the risk of diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, coronary heart disease, and stroke. And so again, we have some answers. In the Western world, statistics indicate that the leading causes of death are preventable. They're preventable. And Seventh-day Adventists have the unique opportunity of making a difference in the lives of millions. 
In health ministry, we can cooperate with God in restoring people's health. So that's another reason to have health programs. So we have, people have broken health. We can restore their health. The world is open for it. And number four, health ministry enables people to live longer, happier lives. There's no question about it. God has given Seventh-day Adventists unusual health insights through the gift of prophecy. Through the gift of prophecy, God has revealed the benefits of lifestyle practices. We have had medical enlightenment a century in advance. And we have, we have the answers. Some people ask us, Pastor Finley, you, you, you seem to have success in evangelism around the world in both, you know, maybe what some would classify as easy countries, but there's no easy place. Uh, some people think it's easy in India, but it's not when they tear down our signs and, 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 and our pastors are beaten up because they're putting up some signs. It's not easy, but, um, but how do you do it all over the world? And where do you get all these ideas? They're simply from the Bible and spirit of prophecy. So you have access. We don't have anything that you don't have, and we've had this enlightenment a century in advance. And Ellen White says, you know this one well. Let's read it together. This is the key. Ministry of Healing 127. Pure air, sunlight, abstemiousness, rest, exercise, proper diet, the use of water, trust in divine power. These are the true remedies. These are the remedies. These are the true remedies. And when we follow all eight of them, you know what? Our health improves. And even those people who come to our health pro programs who have broken health can have their health restored when we truly use these eight remedies. Loma Linda University Medical School did a study, and you know it well, and they found that people can live at least eight to 10 years longer. But they're finding that the vegan vegetarians even live 12 or more years longer. God has given us uh, all these uh, beautiful messages in scripture and in the gift of prophecy because we need to get back to the plant-based diet Councils on Health 115 says many die of diseases, all these diseases that we've been talking about, wholly due to meat eating, when the real cause is scarcely suspected by themselves or others. They don't even know. And yet over 50% of our church are meat eaters. And I see it, we see it even in the pastoral ranks as we go from place to place and country to country. When we tell them that we're vegan vegetarians, I mean, this is very unusual. It's very unusual. And so we, we have a great opportunity to teach people. We have the opportunity of helping people live a longer, healthier life by making right lifestyle choices and by teaching classes on the benefits of a plant-based diet. And I know it works. I've seen it. People are flocking to our classes. We had, uh, um, in the first time we were in Orlando in Net 96, we had 600 people that came to our cooking school. We had over 700 in Chattanooga. And we regularly, the lowest we ever get is usually around 120 or so. They're, they're coming, they're flocking to our classes because they want to learn. 
They want to know how to do it. And we just, uh, I just finished also my four-color, fully illustrated cookbook. It's at Pacific Press right now. And I'm looking forward to it coming out after doing this for, since 1969, I said it's about time that I came out with something. And I have the eight natural remedies in the, in the back of that as well. And so I'm hoping that it will expand because I know that just as we were in Chicago last year and gave a few health programs in our evangelistic meetings, people were, were, were flocking to us and saying, look, I need to give this to my aunt, to my uncle, to my brother, to my mother, to my father. They want to give it away. So anything that you can get into their hands, they are going to respond and spread. They'll spread the good news. And number five, health ministry breaks down prejudice and builds relationships. It's going to build relationships. Let me tell you about the uh, Poland experience. I mean, when we were in the trans-European division, we wanted to hold evangelistic meetings in our three communist countries, Poland, Yugoslavia, and um, Hungary. And they said, you can't. The government hasn't opened it up. Can't give you permission. And so our people said, Pastor Finley, we want you to come. Please come to Poland. But we can't because the government needs to give us permission. But Pastor, we know how to pray. And we're going to pray that you can have meetings in Poland. And they did. And prayer makes a difference because prayer and faith will do what no other power on earth can accomplish. And they began to pray. And so we got an opportunity. We were invited by the government to go and meet with them. And when we were meeting in the government office, they said, well, Mr. and Mrs. Finley, what can you do for the troubled city of Gdańsk? What can you do for us? And we said, well, do you have stress over here? Oh, yeah, we have stress. What about heart disease? What about cancer? Oh, yeah. Well, do you have smokers? Do you have people that are contracting uh, cancer, getting cancer because of smoking? Yeah, well, what if we came in here and we had some stop smoking plans? What if we had some cooking schools to help reduce their cholesterol and help them with some of these things? They said, that would be wonderful. Well, I didn't know how to do a cooking school in Poland. I mean, I, you know, how do you do this? I said, well, you just got to go down to the markets. You got to find what you can with fruits, nuts, grains, and vegetables, right? And do it. And so seemed that that's what the Lord wanted us to do, so we did that. We said we had a smoking, stop smoking plan. We had cooking schools. In fact, in one of our cooking schools in Poland, we had 500 people that marched from the cooking school into the meetings. We had our cooking school at like about 4.30, 5 o'clock, whatever it was, and then they went into the meeting at 7 o'clock. It was amazing. And so after we had some of those programs in health, they called us back in. And they said, Mr. Finley, things, good things seem to be happening here. And uh, you know, it seems like even crime is going down. And it seems like our, our, the health of people is, seems to be getting better. I'm going to give you a blank piece of paper, and you can do whatever you want in this city. And so he said, I'd like to have a series of Bible lectures in the Leningrad Theater. Mm. Now, the Leningrad Theater seats 
1,200 people. We had 60, 60 Seventh-day Adventists in Gdańsk, Poland. And we said, how can we do this? So we continued. We continued with Daniel seminars, and we continued with archaeology, and we continued with health programs, and we continued with all of these in Bible studies, and we started giving out Bible lessons, and people started telling their friends. And when it came time for the meetings, we wondered what would happen, how could we, f but we had to have faith to believe that God was going to bless the health work, God was going to bless the Bible work, and about, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes before the meeting, People had already lined up, and it was amazing. We put our signs everywhere. It was called uh, Nova Zeci, New Life. Nova Zeci, New Life. We plastered it everywhere, on every train, every tree, every trolley, everywhere. And we put up New Life, New Life. And, and we were going to have health, and we were going to have the Bible combined with a series on Revelation of Hope. And you know what? More than 1,200 people came. They, when they opened the doors, they ran through that turnstile. They literally were fighting for seats. And my friends, the health work opened the door because we had so many people coming that they went and they said to the authorities, well, they came to Pastor Finley first, and they said, what are we going to do? People are still outside waiting. And he said, ask if we can have a second session. And when they asked if we could have a second session, they said, yes, we're going to allow you that, but people are going to have to wait there for an hour and a half to two hours. They went out and told them, and one man, as, the, as one of our deacons went out there, he saw this man waving his lattes and his Polish money, and he said, please, please, let us into these meetings. I'll give two weeks' wages, two weeks' wages, if you'll let me into these meetings. And he said... They, and, and they waited, they came to a second session, and I tell you, the packed auditoriums from that meeting led to the meetings, uh, baptisms, it led to opening up Hungary, it led to opening up the work in Yugoslavia, and the Kremlin. Who would ever think we would have an opportunity to preach in the, the Three Angels' Message with health? We had over, uh, what was it, five? A hundred from, yeah, a hundred health uh, professionals with us. We brought health, we had health everywhere. We had it in the Kremlin Auditorium. We had the eight natural remedies everywhere. We had talks. It was unbelievable. We did blood pressure testing. We did, we took blood samples. We did all kinds of things. And it opened up the door to then have satellite meetings all over the 11 time zones. This is the uh, Ukraine building, and this is where Mark and Peter Kulikov preached all over the 11 time zones of the Ukraine because of the health being the right arm of the message and the entering wedge. No question about it. You see, we have such a great opportunity to, to preach the health message everywhere. And then number six, Health ministry provides a, a unique opportunity to integrate the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual dimensions of life. As their prejudice is broken down, we have an opportunity of imparting spirituality to them, 
spiritual, their spiritual lives are crying out. They want something more than what they're getting, either at the health program or even from what they're getting in the few minutes that a physician has to interact with them in the office. They want more, and we can do that. And when we help people physically, they become open spiritually. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing will open doors for the truth like evangelistic medical missionary work. And we, we saw that clearly because we saw what happened in Poland. We saw that that opened the door for Yugoslavia, for Hungary, for the Kremlin meetings, for the Plahana Hall meetings, and for the Olympic Stadium. When we went to Russia, in 1991, we went from 91, 92, 93. In fact, we're going back for our 20th anniversary this year. And when we went there, we had one church in the center of Moscow. Today, we have 13 very large churches in Moscow. And it's due to health ministry. It's due, but not when I'm talking about health ministry, I'm not talking about a health program. It's due to a process of introducing the spiritual as well. And so, and nothing is gonna open up the door like health, medical missionary work. That's the key to opening the door. And we've seen that around the world. And Patty came to our cooking school. Oh, this was an older one that we did in Los Angeles, but uh, we had people not believing that it could even happen in Los Angeles. How can it happen in Los Angeles? I said, look, let me at least have a cooking school. Let, let's just see if people will come out. We had, what, 150 people that came out to the cooking school in Los Angeles. And it was amazing. The pastors started believing that it could happen. We had hundreds of baptisms from our meetings, Revelation of Hope in Los Angeles, because the first opening wedge, when even our pastors started believing that evangelism still works today, was when we had our cooking school. Amen. We had the cooking school there. And I've also seen people that are working in the work today come because of the cooking school. Many of you know about Country Life. And Patty um, is the director of Country Life. And Patty came to one of my cooking schools as a non-believer and after going to the cooking school and we invited them to the meetings, she decided to, you know, to come. Well, they had something good to say on, on, on health, didn't they? Maybe they'll have something good to say on the Bible. And she came and now she is a worker, in fact, the director of Country Life. And so... What an opportunity cooking schools give us. And you, you have all these beautiful displays of fruits, nuts, grains, and vegetables, and as people come in, they say, wow, I just never realized that there were so many options for a, a plant-based diet. And, and we give them all of these different things. I just you know, finished um, uh, developing my new flaxseed health oatmeal pancakes and so we we have we have all kinds of things that people are used to eating but can we make it healthy they're all whole wheat whole grains and oats and flaxseed and blueberries and all those good things and they come and they see wow we get we get we get granola and we get pancakes and we get uh, french toast how do you make french toast without eggs well we're going to show you 
and, and all these things. So people are thrilled as they come. The Savior made each work of healing an occasion for implanting divine principles in the mind and soul. That's what we need to do. Just implant those little seeds in the mind. This was the purpose of his work. This was the purpose of Jesus' work. And number seven, the last one, health ministry is a part of the three angels' message and prepares the mind to receive the gospel message and the coming of the Lord. It's part of the three angels' message. Mark showed you this earlier. As the right hand of the third angel's message, God's methods of treating disease will open doors for the entrance of present truth. So it's going to open up the doors. I, we've seen it all over the world, not only in places like Poland and, and, and Moscow, Russia, and Australia, but right here in the United States of America. We have seen that these open doors, it is the Lord's design that the restoring influence of health reform shall be a part of the last great effort to proclaim the gospel message. And I told you the story of Dave and Joanne earlier. So here, here are just seven simple reasons why not only you have an opportunity to do health programs in your church, but to train and equip the church, train and equip the church to do it as well because they want to. And they have many gifts that they can contribute. I'm seeing this as I'm teaching them how to do um, the revelation of hope. We're teaching them now how to do their own evangelistic meetings with the, um, with the CD-ROM. They put it on the computer and they preach and these young people are preaching. I mean, kids even 12, 13 years old are preaching. I've been training the youth for Jesus uh, kids and they're using the DVDs and they're out there preaching. And so we have an opportunity to help them to see that it's a, a holistic pro, uh, process, not an event. It's not a cooking school. It's not a program. It's not an event. It's, a, it's putting together a training school. And in our next session, we're going to share how do you set up this training school. But let's just review. Let, let's just read them together as we finish here. The first one to have a health ministry is the health, let's read, health ministry provides a great opportunity for Seventh-day Adventists to impact a world open to the health message. Health ministry reveals a compassionate, loving God in a broken world. Health ministry is a God-ordained means of reducing suffering. Health ministry enables people to live longer, happier lives. Health ministry breaks down prejudice and builds relationships. Health ministry provides unique opportunity to integrate the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual dimensions of life. And health ministry is a part of the third angel's message and prepares the mind to receive the gospel message and the coming of the Lord. So these are some of the reasons, my friends, many in this country, in America, in the United States of America, are worried about the health insurance plan. But I wanna tell you that God has a health assurance plan, and it works, and it works, and people will come. And because Jesus says in John 3, 2, 
on, in 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. God wants you to be in health. He wants me to be in health. He wants our church to be in health. And he wants the world to be in health. And we have the answer within our hands. We, we can share. And so God bless you as you um, not only uh, go back and do it yourself, but what we would like from this class as we share how to set up this training school in the next session, we would like you to go back and not only do it yourself, because we know you can do that, some of you, many of you. Maybe there's someone who's never done it and wants to do it for the first time. But go back and train the church members how to do it, because they will be involved. They want to be involved. So God bless you as we go, Mark, into the next session. This media was produced by Audioverse for Amen, Adventist Medical Evangelism Network. If you would like to learn more about Amen, please visit www.amensda.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.